Welcome to It Takes a Village, a podcast for parents of teenagers. You're not alone, and here we equip you with ideas and resources to help you walk confidently in your role as the primary discipler in your child's life. This podcast is hosted by the youth ministry staff at First Baptist Church Arlington. And that includes Kirk Crodel, our youth pastor, Tanner Watson, our guys minister, and me, Chelsea, our girls minister. We hope that this is a valuable resource to you because it really does take a village. Hey, y'all. What's up? What's happening? Today on the Takes a Village podcast. Welcome. Good to be welcome, here. Welcome, welcome. Glad you're here. We are, uh, we're, we're doing this thing, sitting in a room with, uh, with two of my favorite people in the world, and Aww. I'm glad you've joined us from your car, maybe your office, uh, maybe, maybe you're taking a, tre- a hike. A treadmill. A treadmill. <laughs> oh, yeah, a hike yeah. would be nice. A hike would be great. Are there good hiking spots around here? You know, there's some great spots over at Cedar Hill. Okay, yeah, I've tried, uh, I've know, done that one a couple times. called that place. The Veterans uh, Park the here preserve. in Arlington, I feel like. There's is a great a, parking garage at uh, UTA Boulevard <laughs> and Center the, Street. That's the true. Up yeah. And down. Yeah, um, boy, have we been there and done that. Or there, the Wade Building. We could we could help you get into the stairwells. That's uh, true. You can do a lot of work that's there. That's true, but don't tell our bosses. Yeah, um, it's, probably, it's not the best view. <laughs> I don't know about y'all. The landscape is different than even the parking garage. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all, well, why don't you tell me something good? Tell me Start it off right. Come on. Chelsea, what you got? Well, um, not to be that person, but I was really mm. wanting a Stanley Cup after oh, everyone man. in my life. Chelsea everyone loves on hockey. The internet. She loves that hockey. <laughs> okay, I was very confused Stanley about Cup. it for a while. <laughs> but uh, after Christmas, they were all sold out everywhere. And right. Target was carrying them, but then what? I could never get them in stock. And yeah. I really wanted the one with the handle. And I finally was like, you know what? I'm just going to get a dupe. And I'm so glad I did because it was half the cost and it works oh. just as well. And I'm staying hydrated. I do. It's hey, pink. Look at that. It has my dwell sticker on it. Oh, yeah. I sure. thought that was a Yeti when I saw it earlier. <gasps> That's really... exactly. I thought it was a Yeti. Oh, I was like, oh man. Well, on Amazon, it was listed as a Stanley dupe. So. <laughs> Can I take a look at that? May I? Do, do you mind? Yeah, All right, let's. Okay, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Can I so see the dwell sticker? There's multiple lids, wow, so you can do good. like lids oh. for hot drinks or lids for straw drinks. Pretty sure Stanley's only really? come with one lid. So. Do, you have to, do you have to purchase yeah. the lids separately or those come together? There's also came with like a, bent, a bench straw and a straight straw. What? Yeah. Look at you, Stanley. I feel like the stainless steel just stays cleaner. Mm. You know? I hear that. I, I don't hear know. That. I mean, it's stainless. Yeah. So can't <laughs> if you can have surgery on it, um, sure. Is that right? Do they? Do oh, check I, lately? I, if I understand you're, that if the, I did not go to the bed in your operating room is really out mm-hmm. of stainless steel. Nobody's checked. I didn't take much science in college. Okay. I don't uh, know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> man, the math side <laughs> of the science. I was really thrilled today. I walked into a. Like uh, you know, the counselor, whoever does your your audit on your uh, your graduation stuff, and they're like, "You were short one science credit." I'm like, "Oh no!" Like you can oh, do anything. No. And then she said, "Like math," and I was like, "Matt, yes, thank you." Okay, because I was like, <laughs> "Man, if I have to take like biology, I'm in trouble." Tell me something good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me. me tell you something good. Please yes. do. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna brag on one of my kids. Okay, Uh-oh. so I feel like that's a common. I don't know if it's common or not. I don't know, but. Uh, you know what? Sometimes you raise children 
if you have them typically you do do. yeah Um, and if you're raising a kid sometimes you you look at them at a certain point in life and you think good night are you ever uh like like what's this going to look like as you get older Mm. one of our children has just not been that engaged in the world around him like he's he's just he's he's been fine to kind of hang out by himself or you know he's he's Mm -hmm. that kid like when he was in elementary school you know the first few weeks like hey who's in your class i don't know and i'm like uh well what are some of the kids in your class's name i don't know and and he's perfectly happy you know he was fine i mean he you know he made friends things Mm -hmm. like that we're like hey how about this week we're going to try to learn two names in your classroom till we could get to the point where he actually knew the people in his classroom's name but uh, he went to a school dance on his own uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, wow. chose to do that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm, big night, big night. And he dressed up, took a shower, wore deodorant, actually wore cologne, Whoa. wore a belt, and tucked his shirt in all on his own. Oh that's, not, that's not the good thing. Then he decided, uh, kind of on a whim, and thankfully, you know, a great choir teacher that he loves and just sees him and affirms him and blesses him. Thank you, Lord, for great teachers. Uh, mm-hmm. Who said, "Hey, you should try out for the musical at school." And so he got a part in the school musical. And wow, I just, man! Stretching himself, you know. That's, so that's so been exciting. Fun in our family. It's a little busier now. That is something. Sure. Rehearsal every day for two months until six p.m. But I mean, every day of the week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it it's good. It's so cool to see your kids flourish. It really is. Like, that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. Uh, yeah, can't I'm say sure that every great. day, but, but a lot of days. T- Tanner, how about your kids? How are your kids doing? You want to update us? I don't know them. Oh, but, uh, oh yes. Okay. Wow. So many jokes. I won't you got something that. good? You got something I good to share? Something good. Um, we uh, just got back from man camp recently. Uh, we hosted it at Mount Lebanon mm-hmm. in Cedar Hill again this year, and uh, we took um 64 percent more guys than we did come last on year. look wow. at that 64 percent so, increase um oh i won't tell you exactly what those numbers are but uh <laughs> it was an increase and it was a good weekend a win is a win a win is a great weekend yeah a bunch of guys um awesome. we had plenty of log throwing and campfires mm, and nobody came out miss missing limbs That's nobody right. yeah. passed away <laughs> and, um, that, i think that took a turn i <laughs> I think that our guys actually hey, got something yes. out of the weekend. Hey, um, just so. for the record, I do want to just confess we've so far in ministry here not lost limbs, not uh, not once, not mm. had anyone pass away on That's the, true. an event. Uh, so just if you're if you're listening and That's wondering, kind of what our background is, no. yeah, we like we've really <laughs> that attained was something. A joke. That, yes, that was. I just want to make sure you no, don't have to turn the podcast off. Yeah. I love seeing uh, how students shared after events like after dwell the girls post all of these like beautiful pictures and are talking about what god taught them about joy and the boys are like spend a weekend with these idiots in the woods (laughs) very endearing (laughs) yeah special moments really special moments i think they were (laughs) i i did talk to a parent this morning that i was encouraged uh, just about how their son, you know, how this weekend was for their son. And uh, it's not often that you hear stories from junior high parents say, mm-hmm. well, during time alone with God, these guys were out. And Tanner had, had told everybody, like, go take a walk. You know, like, you're not in the woods, but you kind of feel like you are. There's a lot of wooded area there at Mount Lebanon. And uh, these guys all ended up, uh, junior high guys ended up together, kind of after they spent some time with the Lord, ended up together, gathered around, and just kind of spent some time praying for one another Aww. 
That's really sweet. <laughs> like, did, did he make that up? Is that true? Uh, but I thought really it was cool. true. I think it was real. So, yeah. but that really was an encouraging thing that mm-hmm. from even how Tanner uh, just kind of structured that time alone with God and encouraging guys kind of how to spend that time. Uh, ended up being, I think, a pretty cool moment for the guys who were probably mm. saying, yeah, they spent a weekend with a bunch of idiots, and they're talking about sometimes themselves. You know, uh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, th- those guys are a trip. And we've said this for years. Like, part of the reason we do some of the things we do, like man camp for our guys, our guys retreat, dwell, our girls retreat every year. Um, there's something about allowing our, our guys or mm. girls to be together without the pressure of having the girls around so they don't have to strut they they really mm-hmm. can relax and right. i think that's one of those spaces mm-hmm. they just they can be goofy and silly and have fun um and there's some funny stories but there's some really great stories too so it's true well done true. yeah good job guys man all good things all good things so well this week we're going to talk about uh something pretty serious on the podcast we're going to tackle pornography and pornography in our team's lives yeah uh it's become increasingly difficult over the years for parents to equip teenagers against pornography Uh, as the world continues to become more connected it has become easier and easier for teenagers to find pornography and truly harder altogether to avoid it uh, we, we don't think it is a lost cause though but perhaps a shift in perspective may be in order Will every teen encounter pornography at some point? Probably not. However, most unfortunately will. So with that in mind, how do we equip our teens to know what pornography is and why it's wrong? And how do we steer clear of it altogether? So let's talk about it. Wow. Yeah, I, it is really sobering to recognize that research shows statistically most teens will interact with pornography in some way whether intentionally or not um that might be on their phone or computer or um at school or while they're around friends you know it's hard to avoid it and and there's ways that it's almost like um what's the right word uh like like it pops up um it's predatory almost you know um in ads. In ads, oh you're like goodness. clicking on the wrong thing, you tap the wrong hashtag, mm-hmm. you know. And so I remember when um, Vine, the app, like first started, they didn't have any, they just did not think through what could possibly be on there. The and I really remember big. I downloaded Vine before it got big and all it was was porn. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not coming back. And it ended up wow. being such a cool platform for mm-hmm. creators and comedy mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But I was like, you know, just for my own personal safety, like I cannot go back to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is, it's hard to avoid. And we know that that is, not ideal, that that's not a good situation. Those aren't things that we want our children to be encountering. Um, but it doesn't mean that all hope is lost. It doesn't mean that like, you know, our children aren't gonna be able to handle anything because they will encounter these terrible things. Um, but rather, we just really need to be thinking ahead, be thinking proactively about what that looks like for parents and leaders, for people who love teenagers. Um, what are the things that we wanna make sure that they know what are the things that we want to make sure that we know mm. um, in order to uh, just proactively handle that? So the first thing is that we've got to have a relationship where they are safe and comfortable to be able to talk about something like that. 
Um, and there would be a lot of reasons that people are hesitant. Uh, <laughs> obviously, pornography feels like uh, kind of a weighty subject. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you're talking about something that involves sexuality or um, sexual sin, there can be a lot of shame involved or embarrassment or even like things that they may not know how to describe or explain um, or that they don't want to cause the adults in their life pain or embarrassment either. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was a kid, I had an experience. It wasn't pornography, but it was um, a random phone call from a very perverted man. And I remember like my dad wanted to know all the details and I was like, I can't. I can't tell you this because no. I know it was wrong and I know how mad it's going to make you. Wow. And so, like, understanding that as a parent, like, sometimes <laughs> your kids really are trying to save you from some of that mm-hmm. pain as well. But the, they also know that there are real consequences to what's happening around them. Mm-hmm. And it can be really hard to face those consequences sometimes. So, having relationships already established with your children where you're a safe place, where they can come to you without those big reactions, um, you know, where you're empathizing and compassionate and really wanting to work together for the, the health, spiritually, physically, mentally, mm-hmm. of your children. I think that's, that's the place you want to start, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is one of those places where, you know, I think we've probably shared this before. I, I, I say it often in my home. Uh, but to other parents as well, to use the line from Reggie Joyner and Kristen Ivey, I don't know which one of those kind of pin that, but mastering the art of not freaking out as a mm-hmm. parent mm-hmm. is critical. Um, and I think so much of this, as you talk about the relationship, like this is going to be difficult. But if it's something that you're not talking about, like if, if it's not coming up in conversation, your student is not likely to be the one to just, hey, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just to throw that that four-letter word out um, it's it's a four-letter word mm-hmm. you know and it's taboo uh, it, even though as we talked about before the show started uh, as we've uh, just the the realities and the acceptance of porn in our culture is is it really is staggering mm-hmm. um, but it has to be something that ha- that we have to have conversation with our kids about like this has to be we can't just assume things. And, you know, years ago, the statistics said, like, by the time a student was about 12, they, yeah. they had been exposed to porn. Now those numbers are pointing down closer around 10. And so, Yikes. you know, the more you see, the earlier it gets, mm-hmm. which is pretty scary. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's terrifying. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, and I think once, once, once we start to – open up those channels of conversations uh, with teens, uh, especially, you know, creating safe spaces to talk about this stuff, it's probably best to start the conversation at what is pornography and why is it wrong? So the Webster's actually defines pornography as the depiction of erotic behavior, as in pictures or writing, intended to cause sexual excitement. So pictures or writing is like very standard basic definition, but Webster's is clear and the definition of pornography is clear that it is any form of media, written, audio, visual, whatever it happens to be, that is produced with the intent to arouse. Um, So that can be, like I said, videos, movies, video games, 
pictures, GIFs, magazines, stories, just about anything that is designed mm-hmm. with the intent to arouse. Yeah. Uh, so th- it's, it's important like, to understand for us and for our teens is th- that uh, there is no shortage of mediums that we can actually encounter porn in. Um, just about everything that we can consume could be skewed in a way. Um, you know, the magazines we read, That's the right. um, forums we are on online, uh, just about anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but So that's the definition of porn, um, any mm-hmm. form of media that might uh, be produced. And you know what? That really can be a confusing thing because even the Supreme Court, when asked to define pornography, said, well, I know it when I see it. Yeah. And so right. we know there's like, it feels like there can be gray areas between like, is this art or is this porn or is this literature mm-hmm. or is this porn? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think I like that definition from Webster about like, causing arousal being <laughs> the defining thing That's and right. i think even if it's not with that intent, with that intent if the yeah, co- if the effect is there mm-hmm. then that's definitely something that we want yeah yeah there have been a, i'll tell you this i've you know through the years i've said this before students that i've explicitly talked about this with not talking about explicit things but we've had very um just frank conversation about this through the years i've met one i've, I've had one guy that i've talked to through the years you know uh, 26 years of doing youth ministry i've had one student that said it's just not a struggle for me i've got other struggles mm. and 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 that was mm-hmm. where we talked one night and had you know just and i'm like praise god this is not where you're struggling but yeah. i would say almost every guy on the face of the planet like at least the potential is there for that to be a challenge absolutely but i can't tell you how many guys through the years i've talked to now we're not in the day and age of catalogs any longer sure. mm-hmm. or uh or ads that come out in print uh but how many guys that young that's kind of how things started with different advertisements mm-hmm. and things like that that were just like for underwear mm-hmm. stuff you yeah. know that were like oh that created this intrigue and so yeah no intent Certainly, you know, the Sears catalog back in the day uh, was not, you know, in, uh, written or created uh, sure. with this intention of causing sexual excitement. But the reality of so much of what is put in front of us mm-hmm. um, and in front of our kids and on their phones, it's, it, well, I think more and more is created with that intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my goodness, it's just, it's a dangerous thing. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'll try not to... St- no, yeah. And I mean, I would I would add it is, is a growing issue for girls and women That's as exactly well. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, we're and seeing a lot more of that. Yeah. It may be less visual, it may be more uh more print things, you know, or it may mm-hmm. be things like the latest show on Netflix that has yeah. no rating system um mm-hmm. or the 50 shades of gray style <laughs> literature. Yeah. But it continues to be a growing issue in women as well. That's right. Certainly, certainly. So we, we, so we've told our teens what porn is, we've defined it. So now we got to tackle, why is it wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is probably one of the more important things we talk about today because exactly right. what was it you said earlier? 56% of people, teens, of teens and young adults, of teens and young adults think that not recycling, like not throwing your plastic bottles in the recycling bin is more wrong, is more of an issue than viewing, watching, engaging pornography. Yeah. That's yeah. So over half of teens and young That's adults right. think it's worse 
when they don't throw away their plastic bottle in the right trash bin than it is to watch porn. So that, it's like a very serious, like a sex mm-hmm. work is seen as a legitimate form of work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's seen as something that people sh- should be proud of. And in, while we're not trying to encourage shame around here, absolutely not. not. Um, stuff like that's dangerous. Um, oh and it's dangerous physically, mentally, and spiritually. And that's yeah. what we're about to talk about. So like, f- from a, just a basic biblical perspective, uh, pornography is wrong because it falls within the category of lust. It's sexual sin. Um, Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. Um, and it's also talked about, or at least sexual sin is talked about in 1 Corinthians. Um, mm-hmm. And those aren't obviously the only two places in the Bible um, that talks about sexual sin. But the the reference, so specifically Matthew 5, 28 um, Jesus tells the people who are listening that um, you may, may have heard that committing adultery is a sin, but I tell you, uh, if you merely look at a woman lustfully, you're mm-hmm. committing adultery in your heart. Um, and that's what pornography is. That is engaging with something lustfully, um, and it's sexual sin. So mm-hmm. from a, just a biblical perspective, and we're a, you know, a Bible-believing church, yep. it is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um but from a different perspective, uh, pornography is wrong, or viewing pornography is wrong, because you're promoting an industry that abuses individuals in countless ways, ranging from objectifying men, women, and children, all the way to sex trafficking. Mm. Uh, regardless of how someone procures their pornography, they're supporting a global industry that abuses, commodifies, and takes advantage of helpless people. You could be on the free sites, the sites where <clears throat> supposedly everybody is a consenting party Mm -hmm. and you are still taking part in this industry that traffics young children and Mm -hmm. abuses people there's no way around it when you're engaging with pornography so it's important to remember that Mm -hmm. (coughs) excuse me um it's important to remember that when you are talking to teens about why it's wrong um, further, pornography skews our image of sex and strays away from God's design for the practice. And that's mm-hmm. both a secular and a biblical perspective on the issue. So mm-hmm. according to scripture, sex was designed for the confines of marriage. When we try to stimulate or simulate that outside of, what con- of that context, our understanding of sex can change in unhealthy ways. So this can lead to objectifying future partners in ways that do not honor God, a lax view of infidelity, and other serious psychological issues. So think about it this way. Statistics say between 80 and 90% of adults who are in relationships and also view pornography Mm. say that that negatively impacts their relationships. So these are people Mm -hmm. who feel addictions to it, can't stop, and still feel the negative impacts. And that Mm -hmm. leads me to the final piece. Pornography is addictive. It triggers senses in your brain and hormones in your brain. It feels good. It's just like smoking a cigarette. It's too easy to fall into worshiping pornography instead Mm -hmm. of a living God. And even addiction from a basic secular standpoint is bad. But from our context, we're worshiping something instead of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's... It's hard to understate both biblically, spiritually, morally, and even secularly how wrong both viewing porn and just engaging the porn industry really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 
I read recently that I think it's one in one in three, like within the first couple of minutes of one in three porn videos will be some kind of sexual violence. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. exposing yourself to that kind of normalcy yeah. um, for someone who, I mean, if we're talking about teens who, who doesn't even have sexual partners yet or is just really starting to get into that part of their life, that can deeply affect the way that they treat yeah. their partners. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much, y'all, that you can unpack here that's mm-hmm. just so weighty. And I would just say, like, if you're a parent, my goodness, uh, which I'm assuming most of you probably are if you're listening to this, but you know, and, and I think each of us could share those stories of how traumatic and, 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 you know, I was just thinking a moment ago, like, I've never met someone who was addicted to drugs who didn't start with marijuana. That's mm-hmm. where it's, that's where, now, I'm and granted, there sure. are those cases where that's not where it is. But smoking pot is the, is that's, you know, I always say it's a gateway drug, and that oftentimes right. doesn't always, but I've never met someone addicted that has some sort of drug addiction that didn't start. Again, that doesn't mean anything. I, I will also tell you this. Now, I've not talked to a, a lot of folks who have sexually abused someone, mm. uh, probably more than I knew I had. But those that I've known, and, mm-hmm. and man, we've had students through the years, you know, in, in different churches I've served, that I've sat in, um, sitting, sitting jails, y'all, and and talked through the glass on a phone to kids, um, who've made horrible decisions that have changed the lives of a lot of different people. Um, and, and I have asked, this is one of those places I've asked, where did this begin? And I've never talked to someone who it didn't start with porn. Hmm. You know, and on, on the other side of that, so many friends, we've talked about this even the last few weeks. I have multiple friends um, whose families have been wrecked and destroyed, who've made horrific decisions that have altered the life of their marriage and their uh, children. And in uh, several of those during COVID, uh, friends in ministry who are no longer serving and have disqualified mm-hmm. themselves from serving in ministry, um, and where that began mm-hmm. and the choices they made, it began with pornography. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's so incredibly addictive. Ricky, uh, you know, we've had those of you that know Ricky Chalette, one of the things is he's talked with our students before, and particularly camps on. Like the addictive nature of porn, it's yeah. it's it's unbelievable in all the synapses, everything it's creating, these connections in our brains uh, that are just incredibly difficult to ever break free of, mm-hmm. and so it's so dangerous. And I think this is why it's so incredibly important. Uh, you're not going to talk to your six-year-old about porn necessarily, but but the conversations we engage in at early ages about our bodies mm-hmm. and about um, protecting our bodies and, uh, and, 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 you know, yeah. I mean, I think of, you know, the, the conversations we had from very early ages with our children about right. who is able to look at certain parts of their bodies. And that's, yeah. you know, parents and, um, and doctors, you know, that yeah. our kids are, our pediatricians, Dr. Mann, like, Dr. Mann yeah. is and even able to then, do that. you'll and be right be, there. That's right. And, when the and that will not there. happen without yeah. us in the room. You know, mm-hmm. there's I mean, you start with those conversations that begin to look 
so different. But as we've said before on this this podcast, like when we introduced a phone into our teenager's life, you realize the potential. Uh, there's some great things that there's potential of because of that phone. And relationally, I believe it has been a great uh, tool for, for our son. The, the, the catastrophic potential is there as well, mm-hmm. and particularly as it relates to porn, because it really can be it's devastating regardless how far it goes Um, i'm convinced of that and without question because like you said a minute ago tanner some of this just looking at the impact it has on people on the other end of the screen Mm -hmm. you know um, but how it just totally skews everything about how we see people and how we see individuals and the objectifying nature of it is just um I mean, I'm just telling you, it, it, this is the kind of thing that has lasting generational potential yeah. for, for deep, dark yeah. <laughs> histories. Nobody and wins. That's right. exactly right. Not the user. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Not the victims. No. Not, nobody. And it's, like you said, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't start with full-blown, like, violent pornography. It it can yeah. start with something like advertisements and it's one of those things that presents like like if you're addicted to cigarettes you have to smoke two to get the same effect or you have to smoke five to get the mm-hmm. but you're not going to watch the same video five times you're going to increase um either how often you're watching it or yeah. or this kind of the intensity of what you're watching or you're going to watch new things um and so i mean that's how you <laughs> You lose control. You lose the ability to think critically through what you're doing and what you're introducing into your mind. Yeah. It's unreal, y'all. It really is. I mean, there's, there's, again, there's so much that we could talk about, but mm-hmm. um, and we just don't have time. And maybe it's something we have a conversation down the road and kind of follow up to. But, I mean, here's part of the question. So is there any hope for keeping our students away from it? Um, and at some level, probably not like it's probably not something that you're going to be able to completely prevent your child from seeing Mm -hmm. now uh, if you're listening to this podcast many of you will remember a day um, that the only way you could get hold of porn was you had to find somebody if you lived in Greenville Texas where (laughs) I grew up you had to convince someone to go to either the 7-Eleven on Wesley Street because as far as I knew that was the only place in town that had those racks behind the Mm -hmm. cash register Mm -hmm. or go to uh, the bookstore Walden Books in the mall (laughs) and there was on the very top right you had to be really tall to use porn in Greenville Um, but that was the (laughs) only way you know like you could uh, gain access to it Um, well that is certainly not the case any longer and I I sure hate that it's not you know Part of that, you know, you, you really have to take every step possible to try to protect your home and your personal electronics from pornography. That's one of the things I've realized. Oftentimes, our kids have our phones. I, I want my uh, – we've talked about this before. I have every password to anything that my son has. We are the ones that are able to access a lot of things. But here's on the flip side of that. Like, I know – I think I know pretty much all of Teresa's passwords. Teresa knows mm-hmm. where my passwords are. Mm-hmm. And um, and so she has passwords to everything I've got. Because right. part of that, I want the accountability to know that my mm-hmm. wife at any point in time can pick up my phone and look at anything. And so, and but at the same time, there, there may be greater accountability for me that I realize at any point in time, my kids often pick up my phone to yep. check on something or look at something. Mm-hmm. 
um, the fact that I know they know my password to get in my phone, and uh, and and once you're in, you're in outside of some mm. settings or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like my kids can go anywhere, and my bookmarks, uh, my social media stuff, like like that's huge. I, and I'll tell you this: this was it was not porn. But months ago, my Instagram, when I would like, oh, it yeah. started showing some things that I'm like, it, and it was, again, it wasn't bad, but it was like, like people in swimsuits, you know, and I'm going, wait, 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 where's this coming from? Um, so I went to, uh, who's Kara, who's now our social media manager. I was like, hey, can you help me? Like, I'm seeing a lot of swimsuits in here, people at the beach, whatever. And my worry, you know, is mm-hmm. this is going to begin to change to other things and so she's shown me now. yeah yeah so yeah. i'm like she's shown me how to hit the three dots mm-hmm. someplace on this screen say like not, say like not interested yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and so that's one of those things like for me that i'm like you you we have to do that as parents like we mm-hmm. have to be vigilant to make sure this is not a part of who we are and it's mm-hmm. not a part of our home uh, because if it is you're just creating other opportunities for your child to be a part of that. So some of this is just protecting our own our own stuff. But um, even how your internet comes into your house, we have a um, God, what's it called? Uh, kind of our it's Eero, it's Amazon's. It's like a router sort of deal that uh, mm-hmm. I remember it's called, where it's all connected through the house okay. to try to expand the ability, you know, for us yes. to get Wi-Fi throughout the house all happened during COVID and we're all home and we're like, I can't sit on the back porch and be on a zoom call with parents at nine o'clock at night when we were doing stuff and it's always going out. And so, uh, the mesh system, I think is what it's called. So we have that one of the great things through that I can go on my phone and I can control everything that's attached to, to, um, to anything in our house. So we've got filters set on everything, different levels, Mm -hmm. different things. But I realized a while back, I had no filters like on my phone and okay. I'm like, Oh my goodness. You know, again, I, I and, and nothing thankfully that we've seen that we think anything has happened, but I'm like, I need the same filters on my phone as I do my kid's phone. Right. And so there are times that's created some challenges. Um, but for the most part, I'm like, Oh, well, it is what it is. So some of that is just trying to figure out how do you limit access? Uh, there's certain things, even when it within your own phone, like, uh, it's not going to be foolproof. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be anything probably sure. foolproof. I've had guys say to me before, don't give me a, a filter, uh, you know, an app I have to use because I'm going to find a way around it. Right. Like, yeah. I need to know why and how to prevent myself mm-hmm. and to put myself in a position where I just will stand and fight for myself to stand on my own. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of things you can put in place. Your phones oftentimes have a lot of things that will help on that. Uh, child safety options, different websites, streaming services, different things you can get. Um, that will help kind of protect your your family, and and again, part of this making sure your teen knows the consequences of their actions, um, and that's one of those things that I we had a conversation a while back at our house, which was pretty uh, pretty painful and a little scary, because I found uh, something that had been searched for on our Alexa, oh, and so yeah. you know you can go back and check on your Alexa every all your search history. And it was about a, j- a joke asking for, you know, uh, jokes. And mm-hmm. um, it ends up like I'm able to go through and find out what all that said. And you're like, and so I go ask, why? Instead of just losing my mind, which I, I kind of wanted to, like, because I panicked. You know, I'm freaking out. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Why are you looking at this stuff? Well, we're now in locker rooms in our house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I mean, like, Teresa and I don't go to – the kids' locker rooms, but uh, or our son's locker room, that but wise. I feel like that's probably the best way to you know be able to go to their campus. But 
you know, when we have an athlete now in our house, quote unquote athlete, um, there's things he's hearing in a locker room that he's never heard before. Yeah. And some of those true. are jokes. Well, he, he didn't want to be left out wow. is really what it came down to. Yeah. And so thankfully what he found or heard or was told, uh, were, were kind of, uh, it was almost puns, you know, more than yeah. jokes that you're like, okay. So thankfully, <laughs> but that led to a great conversation we had about what, what the issues are and why. And, um, and so, but a part of that is like, what are the consequences to him? And so that was part of where that con- the, the, the conversation with us. But then we get into the consequences of what happens if we find stuff, you know, taking away privileges or um, changing, you know, finding what works in your house. But a part of that goes back to hopefully when you gave your child their device, you also created a contract. Right. In that contract, you've got a copy of that in their room. you got one on the refrigerator where they can see it and going back and saying, hey, if we find these things, this is what's going to happen. And part of that, we're trying to give our son a little more freedom mm-hmm. and, and trying to help him build trust. Um, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, yeah. very limited in what uh-huh. he can do with his phone. But um, but part of that, just you know, realizing we can ramp you know ramp this thing up and, and tighten things up if we need to. But again, part of it's just making sure they know the spiritual, psychological consequences of engaging in porn. Like that's mm-hmm. such a huge deal. And and I'll tell you, all I, I we talked about this with my D group guys last year for a long time for several weeks. And part of what we talked about with our older guys was. I asked from the perspective, oftentimes there's a double standard mm. in our culture between guys and girls, what's acceptable for guys to see or look at and to do, and, and sexually, mm. as there are girls, right? Because you say, man, a guy who has, let's just say, if they've had sex with multiple partners, they're the mm-hmm. man, yet a woman is looked at, it's completely the opposite of that, yeah. right? So there's things said about her. Well, part of what I looked at my guys and said, what do you want your wife to receive from you? Mm. Like, like, what do you want to be able to bring to the table the day that you finally, and I realize it's hard to live your life based on what your future spouse mm-hmm. is getting, but I wanted them to think through that perspective. Do you want her looking at and doing these things? And how does that impact you? Then why in the world would we want any less for her? Why would we want to allow for our spouse and our children? Because that's one of the things I've said. The conversations I had to have with my bride early in our dating life that I wish I did not have to have. Mm-hmm. But also those same conversations that I have to have with my children as they get older to know uh, there's decisions I made long before I ever met your mama and then long before I ever had dreamed of you. But these are things that I feel like I have to apologize for because of decisions I made that harmed me and it, and it harmed what I was able to bring to your mother, you mm-hmm. know? And so there's just, there's ah, y'all are so much, a couple yeah. other things you yeah. you can um, prepare students for what they're going to encounter just in their daily lives. Like you can't keep them, um, you can't keep them in a box. You can't lock them down and prevent them from right. living real life in the real world. And so uh, that's the hard part. We want to do that, but the repercussions, um, of that rival the ones of engaging pornography like what we hope for what we want and the opportunities like like there's this tension that we're going to continue to live in particularly mm-hmm. as Christ followers mm-hmm. uh, that there are just places we we just have to step back and be um, away from and so 
uh, a part of it is just equipping our students um, to guard their hearts, um, to, to, to step in early and say, gosh, yeah. hopefully before I ever get down this path, I, I can see the challenges and say, okay, I've got to back out, right. you know, and, yeah. and that's hard to do. But, um, and I think here's yeah. the other thing, y'all, most likely, um, let's just be honest, most likely if you're listening to this podcast, you have teenagers, this is something, I hope it's not the case, but it's most likely something your student has already ex- at least been exposed to, right. mm-hmm. but maybe have engaged in. And so, again, I think part of this, when you have the conversations early with your kids about things, it just helps them to know it's okay and it's normal to talk about all sorts of things yeah. because these are hard conversations. Other thing I would say, realize parents, um, if, if, you know, if, you've, if you're a home that has two parents in the home, most likely – or even if you're not in both parents in the home, if the student has a relationship with both parents, most likely one parent or the other is going to be the one that's most likely best able to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right now with my son, that's me. Well, you know, he's probably not going to talk about a lot of these things with his mom. Mm-hmm. But there are some hard things that are, that are difficult that he wants mama. But most of the time this kind of thing is what I'm talking about where Teresa's talking to our little girl about some of these things um, and so just part of that knowing that um, but for for students that have already engaged in this or they've already uh, started to kind of lead into to, there's a developing uh, or kind of a path towards some habit or addiction um, just letting them know like it's not all lost it's not too late there's this is not some unforgivable sin and so mm-hmm. that there really is hope in the living Jesus Christ in his ability to heal us from our sins and heal us from addictions because this is an incredibly addictive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay to, to find help. And, and if, they're gonna, if, if that is a reality, they're going to need help. This is not something they're probably going to be able to walk through alone. Like they have to have accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have to have help. And, and let's be honest, parent, that may not be – you may not be the best person for that, hmm. Right. Um, and yeah. some of you have the kind of relationship that you can, and I hope you do. I, I pray to God that I would have that, um, mm-hmm. goodness, that kind of relationship with my boys. But, uh, but I also praise God that I have people in their life. We talked about this maybe one of the first podcasts, like having other adults in their lives. I'll be honest. I think in some ways it will be hard for my son to talk to Tanner about this. But I believe in many ways it would probably be easier for him to talk to Tanner about it than it would me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there are other men like that in his life, um, and it's so important, just those other folks that you have walking beside you as a family, but to create the space for your kids to have conversation. And mm-hmm. granted, this is one of those that you're not going to sit down at the table and look eye to eye in the face probably and say, let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Or let you open up and tell me. Mm-hmm. This is more of the you're alone in the car and you're both looking at something or you're, you know, you're focused on something you're besides. Fishing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something. Yeah, this is where these conversations are not probably most likely best suited for, hey, let's sit out at the table by ourselves. I'm going to put this bright light on you and stare into your eyes and see if I can peer far enough in there I can see everything. But, um, yeah, yeah, I just, man, this one is tough, y'all, because <laughs> this is one of those so things real. that really grows in isolation, you know, mm-hmm. and so having community brings that out of the darkness into the light. Sure. And yeah. so, whether that's yeah. peers and leaders and parents, 
it takes all of us. Yeah. Absolutely. It takes a village. You talk about <laughs> taking a village. It really does. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining the conversation. Yeah. Y'all have any resources you mm-hmm. want to share with the listeners? Yes. Mine is a website. It's called Fight the New Drug. Um, it has mm-hmm. lots of articles, videos, podcasts. It's really uh, research-based, very informative, but it also has um, resources for um, addiction and just uh, ways to get help. So it's not a Christian resource, but it is, I I think it's great that there are secular resources pointing to how harmful and addictive pornography is. Mm. What about you, Kurt? You know, one of the things for years I required guys that were my D group um, if we were walking together, um, they had to install, uh, <laughs> they had to uninstall some things from their phone, and they had to install some things on their phone that provided some accountability for them. But um, for years, we used Triple X Church, uh, and that you heard that right, XXX Church um, is a site that, uh, that does a lot of work trying to help people deal with pornography addictions. But they have an, an app. It's changed now. It's the I think it's called Live Free, is the uh, is the app now that, that I would encourage. You. That's one to look at. Uh, it's a subscription now. Covenant Eyes has some great resources and um, tools that you can use. So those are a couple things to look at. There's a there's a book. I, I may have referenced it before. It's called Smartphone Sanity by David Eaton, uh, Jeremiah Callahan. It's from Axis. We've talked about Axis before. I don't. Know if we've talked specifically about this it's got some things in here i think would be helpful there's another book that really is not uh so much a a hands-on how-to and i have not i've read some chapters of this i've not read it front to back but it's from the gospel life series that uh that uh, brahman and holman put out from russell moore and andrew walker but it's called the gospel and pornography and uh so it it's more of a deep dive into just you know pornography and and us as believers and the challenges that uh, we face, but part of that, just how the Lord wired us and created us and created sex and how this just uh, completely destroys so much of what God intended and how God created things. So it's, it's a rich read, I believe, but mm. uh, yeah, but it's not going to be like, hey, you don't go buy this book if you're looking for a, a practical resource on right. how to help your student, mm-hmm. but I think still a good read that I want to recommend. Mm-hmm. I wanted to point people towards uh, Living Hope Ministries. They're a ministry that our church partners with, led by Ricky Schlett. Uh, on their website, uh, you can find some great podcasts um, that tackle um, this issue uh, from a lot of different angles with a lot of different voices um, that I think be really, really helpful. But uh, he, he, while pornography is certainly hard to avoid for teens, there are plenty of ways that we can equip our teens to engage the rest of the world in a Christ-honoring manner. And honestly, it's important to appropriately introduce these topics to your teens before the world does it for you. That's right. So this is an important conversation to have, y'all. Wait. We really appreciate y'all listening, continuing to listen to the podcast. And we know sometimes, maybe a lot of the time, it can get kind of tough out there. But uh, that's why we're here. We know... It takes a village. Yeah, you can do it. We want to help. Thanks for listening, (laughs) y'all. Takes a village.